I've changed one of my hinge prompts to say, I'll fall for you if, I can't remember what the prompt is, but it's like, I'll fall for uh-huh. you if um, you actually listen to my podcast year next and don't <laughs> lie about listening to it with like the <laughs> eyes rolling emoji. Get out of here. <laughs> I was like, awesome. whatever. If I get 10 people to listen to it, it's worth it. <laughs> uh, That's brilliant. Hey girl. Hi friend. Um so I guess we'll start by saying sorry for being away for a little bit. Um <laughs> Yeah. Personally, I felt like I was abducted by an alien, but they've let me come back down and now I'm back to normal. So Yeah, it's been it's been a wild hiatus, I guess so much has happened. We had all the intentions of doing a Fourth of July episode. Um we were on the cusp of it I would say several times, but it just wasn't wasn't working out. Wasn't um, wasn't so we'll in the cards. With that next year. Yeah. Yeah. Um shall we do our get to know you question? Yeah. Okay, so today's question is, would you rather have no taste buds or be colorblind? Hmm. I have mixed feelings about this because I feel like having no taste buds buds could go one of two ways. Like, either I would be fucking miserable because nothing tasted good, Uh or I could just eat, like, grilled chicken and brown rice for the rest of my life because it wouldn't matter. And then I'd be really skinny and happy. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good point. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I guess I would go with taste buds. No taste buds. I don't know. Really? I fucking love. That's a hard toss. I know. I fucking love pizza. <laughs> but I also like love my neon nails. And if I didn't know they were oh. neon or whatever, I'd be sad. Yeah, that'd be hard too. Like, if especially if you're paying someone and they're like, "Okay, what do you think?" You're like, "Uh, <laughs> <that looks> great." <laughs> I'd probably just be like, um, "Um, do nude nails all the time?" I don't really know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like either one is a curse. I think I would probably have to go with being colorblind, though. I think, like you said, I mean, there's just so much satisfaction out of tasting stuff and like i'm when i got covid i'm so lucky to never have lost taste or Mm. smell or anything um so i can't imagine what that's like especially for people that like lost it for like over a year or whatever yeah um but like if i can't taste like that first vod soda or tequila (laughs) soda going down my throat like kill me just take me out back and shoot me i couldn't i couldn't live like that yeah then my whole life would just be like drinking really like LaCroix, like Dr. Pepper would not taste good. And I'd be, yeah. I don't know what I would do then if I didn't have Dr. Pepper. <laughs> um, now we're drawing a line. Yeah. So you're right. I guess we'll go with colorblind. Um, <laughs> okay. Wow. That was a really depressing question. That wasn't supposed to be that, that depressing. <laughs> <laughs> well, this episode that follows is not going to be any better. Oh God, so I know. We'll set the tone. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, well, on that note, do we want to, just jump right into it or tell them at least what who we're talking about um so if you didn't read the episode title we are talking about james bird jr today um which we mm-hmm. mentioned in our matthew shepherd episode because he is the other half of the shepherd bird uh hate crimes act i forget the the technical name of for it uh-huh. something like that yeah but so we're talking about him today um and okay i know this is like a murder podcast and all and y'all come here to like hear some gruesome shit but honestly today might be the worst episode that we've covered yet um might be the worst episode we ever covered this was pretty fucking bad yeah uh so extreme trigger warning for everything um but to be more specific for legal reasons trigger warning for blood and gore um we're not gonna go into like all the details just kind of enough to like really make you understand how bad this was um 
And then also trigger warning for racism and kind of like some light hate speech. Uh, we don't say what they said in this one because um, actually like it wasn't really reported on, but we do say that it happened. So that's why I said light hate speech. I don't know. To that point, this case is very unsettling and took a lot out of us when we were doing the research. I know you more. So. Yeah. Um, so everyone just please gird your loins. <laughs> yeah. Get ready. <laughs> um. Right. So let's get started. Here we go. Um, <laughs> this is like the climb up on the roller coaster. Is what I feel like. <laughs> yeah, like the anxiety is building. Yeah, for the longest, we're just going to be stuck up there waiting to fucking drop and we're going to drop hard. <laughs> okay. Have you ever been to Bush Gardens in Tampa, in Florida? No. I mean, I'm going to avoid Florida at all costs, but I really want to go to Bush Gardens. Okay. Well, we'll go and we'll like stay with my sister because then we'll be like protected. Okay. Like they're, they're okay. cool with the gays. So, um, cool. We, um, there's, Shikra is the name of, like, one of the newest roller coasters there, and it's, like, eight uh-huh. people across three rows back, so Damn. it's really shallow, and they take you up to the top, and also it's, like, pretty much straight down. I think it's actually, like, on, like, a negative, uh, like, vertical angle, technically, uh-huh. But they literally I'm it as you explain this. Yeah, they literally take you up to the top and they hang you over the front of it, and you ah. don't know how long until you drop, and then all of a sudden it just releases and you're just like, oh. it is. Oh my god, that sounds amazing. We sat in the front row, like there were eight of us across the front row. It was like me and all my cousins uh-huh. and my dad, and literally all of us were sitting there, and none of us had ridden it before, and we were all like, uh-huh. what the fuck is going on are we fucking stuck like we were all freaking out and we're all like big roller coaster people but we had no idea what we were getting into so that's literally where we are right now (laughs) my favorite ride at six flags is the giant drop because i love how long you're suspended up there and then you just hear like the brakes give and you just is that like fall down real hard yeah like a plunging thing like you're facing like Uh outward you're like sitting around a circle it's a giant circle Yeah. yeah 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 So, going back to May 2nd, 1949, when James Bird Jr. was born to James Bird Sr. and his wife Stella in Beaumont, Texas. Um, I couldn't find her maiden name. That's not me saying that she's only a wife. Um, Mm. I can only find out that she was born in 1925, but I couldn't find out when James Bird Sr. was born. So, Mm. I don't know. Uh, Which I guess, actually, this is a decent time to talk about the research for this episode surprisingly not that easy um (laughs) there was a lot of conflicting information out there and not information on everything that we wanted information on so like there's some i there's not really like any like holes in the story but like some things that we would have liked to like flush out more uh were kind of like lacking and then um anywhere where there's kind of like multiple things that could be true um we try to note that and then we also Mm -hmm kind of say like what we think might be the more truth not that any of that is like particularly bearing on the case but like like anything that's like a hard you know fact about the case they definitely like report on that but like Mm. you'll see how we do that but anyway true doubt uh the media probably did not pay as much attention as they should have because our victim here was a black man but Mm -hmm. regardless of the fact that this is one of the most important cases to happen in the second half of the 20th century. So anyway, Beaumont, Texas is in East Texas, about 100 miles northeast of Houston. And while Texas is technically not a part of the South, it has the same racist connotations. And according to some data we saw in an article, the lynching numbers were the same in the Jim Crow era. But fucking hell, Texas. I know. Have you ever been to like this east part of Texas? I know you spend a lot more time in Texas, so. No, I've only been to the west. Okay. And like central and the southern, like the valley. Yeah. Um, but if it's anything like this, I I don't want to even spit over there. Yeah, same. I've been to Houston, like Houston proper, but that's the only time mm. I've been to Texas. So, and I flew through Dallas a couple of times, but like. I stayed in the airport the whole time. Uh (laughs) I think after my wedding, it'll it'll be a hard stop on Texas for a while. (laughs) (laughs) True. Um, And so right next to Beaumont is Jasper, Texas, which is pretty much where everything happens in today's story. 
Jasper kind of hangs onto a population population of around 8,000 people. So it's very small, but it's actually larger than my hometown. So I think that's pretty fucking wild. Really? Yeah. My hometown only has like 52, maybe 5,500 people. Oh, wow. As of like 2021. 20, yeah. So it was my graduating class was 100 people. Like it was teeny tiny so jasper is obviously small um and this town was notably very religious uh additionally some articles pointed out that this that it is about 50 percent white and 50 percent black in population and jasper's nickname is the jewel of the forest i don't know who gave it that nickname but okay um, <laughs> that's not what i think yeah. of when i think of any place in texas no right goddamn thing yeah, isn't it all desert out there? I mean, like, the I saw one picture that um will be part of our, like, Instagram post that it was very beautiful, like, the unfortunately, mm-hmm. the area where this happens. But, like, yeah, Jewel of the Forest. Like, I would think that that's what you call, like, the city on the edge of, like, the Black Forest in Germany. You know, like, yeah, that's, like, the most yeah. famous forest in the world. Uh-huh. And they... But this is in fucking Texas, in nowhere, Texas. I don't know. Someone was misguided. It must have been their first time there to give them that title. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, um, so uh, let's talk about our first discrepancy. Um, Some sources say that James was the oldest of eight. Some say of nine. And some say that he was the third child, but the oldest boy. (laughs) I don't know, but I believe that he was, in fact, the third oldest and the oldest boy, but I could not confirm if there were eight of nine, eight or nine of them. That's so weird. Yeah. Either way, that's a lot. Um, Too many for me, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Way too many. Um, And he may have actually been the only boy. They literally only ever mention his sisters and they like kind of group them like that a lot. Like they're like mm-hmm. James Bird Jr.'s sisters, like whatever. They also mentioned that two that the two sisters they that were above him went to college, um, which is like how I was like kind of like I feel like if they were talking about that specific, that's probably he's the third child. But yeah. anyway, mm-hmm. um, for black women in the early, probably the early sixties, didn't know exactly how old they are, uh, to go to college, that's fucking incredible. They must have mm-hmm. been so smart. Yeah. Um. Like, it was hard enough for women or black people to go to college at that point, uh, let alone when you're both. So, you go, girls. Good for them. Um, yeah. yeah. But so, the sisters that we have the names of, and I only have two of their birth years as well, because again, lacking on information. Um, both of the ones that I have birth years on are younger than James. So, also, I think that they give all like their married names at the time of the articles being written. Um, so, like after his death, but, uh, Anyway, so he had sisters, Betty Boatner, which is a fucking great name. (laughs) Claire Taylor. Sounds like a burlesque dancer. Yeah, kind of. Betty Boatner, Claire Taylor, Mary Verrett, uh, who was born in 1951, and the baby was Luvon Harris, which uh, that's my favorite name of all time. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was born in 1958. Their family seemed very close-knit, and they were also super involved in their church. James Bird Sr. was a deacon at Greater New Bethel Baptist Church, and Stella Bird taught Sunday school there. Um, Their family life very much revolved around the church, but I don't think that any of them were paid for their services because James Bird Sr. also worked at a cleaners in Jasper for 50 years. Damn. James Bird Jr. was said to be a very talented musician and singer. He played piano and trumpet the best and also played them for the church band. He was remembered fondly by all in Jasper, many saying that he was a true class clown and entertainer, always singing and telling jokes and doing bits. His sister Mary said that he absolutely loved people and would never hurt anyone but himself. And we'll get more on that in just a moment. Uh, Luvan considered him the family comedian and protector. He was a part of the final segregated class to graduate from J.H. Rowe High School in 1967 before he was integrated with Jasper High School. He also, he always told his friends that he was going to make history. And I kind of have a love-hate relationship with that turn of phrase, like when it's used. In in some ways, it's like kind of comforting knowing that the person, assumingly, assuming that they want to like do make the world a better place but like also on the other side it's kind of foreboding and eerie especially if we end up here yeah um yeah i mean like hitler probably told his friends also that he wanted to make history so yeah 
could be a bad thing. (laughs) Always. (laughs) I have a reason. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I think in James Bird Jr.'s case, it was very much like he wanted to make history Mm -hmm. by making a positive impact on the world. Um, Probably through his comedic or musical skills, but who knows? We never got to find out, unfortunately. Um, so his sisters and friends said that he was extremely intelligent and did excellent in school, and they all encouraged James to follow his older sisters to college, but James was not interested. In 1970, he was married. Uh, we couldn't find the name of his wife. Uh, another one of those, like, it's not right. Like, it's not like a hole in the story, but I would have yeah. liked to know. Um, together, they moved a bit away from Jasper and had three children, Renee, Ross, and Jamie. During that time, James worked as a salesman and was apparently very successful due to being so well-liked, but he also struggled with alcoholism, which ultimately led to his divorce in 1993 and caused him to have a few run-ins with the law. Uh, James Bird Jr. went to jail a few times for petty crimes like theft, forgery, and violation of parole, and for his public intoxication. After his divorce, James decided to clean up his life and began attending AA meetings and moved back to Jasper in 1996 to be closer to his family. Uh, Once he moved back to Jasper, he began receiving disability payments from the government and lived alone in subsidized housing. Another discrepancy, according to one source, one of his sisters said he had a seizure disorder, and another source said that another sister claims that he had fallen at some point, which caused him to be considered disabled. Uh, no idea what the truth is, but either way, he required assistance. It is also well noted that James Bird Jr. was very well liked in Jasper, especially because he walked around town all the time due to the fact that his disability meant he couldn't drive a car. So he often required rides from friends and family, which if he had a seizure disorder, this totally makes sense. You can't drive with a severe seizure disorder or you shouldn't be like just put the damn keys back. It's not just walk. <laughs> it's not worth it. True. Especially in a town this small. I'm yeah. like, you can get, you can't anywhere. be going that far. No. <laughs> so Jasper, Texas, 1998. Let's talk about this time and place specifically. The city of Casper, Casper, the city of Jasper, <laughs> I'm leaving that in the city of Jasper elected their first black mayor, RC Horn. And at that time, George W. Bush was a governor of Texas. Oh, the population is still hovering around 80,000 and it's doing just fine. 8,000, not 80,000. Oh, did I say 80? Yeah, that's a big difference. (laughs) (laughs) 8,000. So it's doing just fine as a little city, but they did have a bit of an issue with racism. Between blacks and whites, there was a clear division and something simply did not change as the times did. For instance, there was a wrought iron fence that divided the town's cemetery into the black side and the white side, and they still abided by that when picking out plots for burials. The fence had been erected in 1836, and I would say that's very problematic in 1998. Um, extremely problematic <laughs> and unnecessary. To say the least. Dust to dust, ashes to ashes, whatever, mm-hmm. like, fuck right off. We're all the same after exactly. we disintegrate into nothingness. That was very sad. Um, Okay. So yeah, super problematic, but not as problematic as the men that I'm about to introduce you to. Uh, Trigger warning. Things are about to get bad. So let's start with the most supreme piece of shit that ever lived after Adolf Hitler. It's always about the Nazis. It all comes back to Hitler. (laughs) Uh. His name was John William King. John was born in Jasper, just like James Bird Jr., but he was a few years younger. For context, in 1998, John King was 23 and James Bird Jr. was 49. But still, it's a small town. They definitely knew of each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sources said that about John that he was brought up in a loving home, but he eventually dropped out of high school prior to graduating and got involved with a criminal life. Um, in 1996, he was convicted of stealing enough to get sent to the George Beto Maximum Security Prison in Tennessee Colony, Texas, which sounds so fucking ominous. It does, yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, George Beto is the name of, like, the longest-serving prison warden in Texas history or something. Like, mm-hmm. he's not that famous of a person. Like, He's but super they... shitty, though. He's I have a little bit about him. And it's like, we'll get to it in a bit, but he's fucking trash. I hate this guy. Yeah. But like, it's not like they, you know, like they 
it's not like they named him they named this prison after like Jesse James or something. Right. Like, I don't know. <laughs> he yeah, was yeah. just a prison warden. <laughs> but I guess he made that much of an impact, which that's not a good thing to be a no, prison warden not. that makes no. that much of an impact in Texas before nineteen nineties. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um anyway. While in this prison, John's already white supremacist ideas were amplified by the toxic toxic echo chamber that is the Ku Klux Klan offshoot called the Confederate Knights of America, Texas Rebel Soldier Division, which like, fucking go (laughs) jump off a cliff, all of you. You're not badass for a name like that. Like... (laughs) <laughs> oh god i hate them all um i feel like when he was coming up with that name he was just thinking like what would sound more like the most badass on a motorcycle jacket like I'm- yeah <laughs> um uh, doesn't unfortunately even tongue. it's not even no. like, or anything it's a mouthful also yes. um the confederate knights of america existed long before john mm. william king was ever even a glimmer in his parents eye um the texas rebel soldier division part might have been added on in like around his time but i don't Mm -hmm. think he came up with that whatever he fucking sucks yes um apparently this little club was formed in the prison but i'd begun expanding outside of it and john fancied himself the leader of the new jasper division um spoiler this small fucking brain idiot only had three members in their stupid club so (laughs) Good for you, John. You're I, such a badass. That's the best part of this. I know. Um, He really did think he was badass, though, because he had a bunch of racist tattoos, including mm-hmm. a lot of KKK symbolism, one of which, and I cannot believe I have to say this out loud, was of a black man being lynched from a cross. Fucking permanent ink on his body. I couldn't even look at you while you said that. Like, I can't imagine what it must be like to be in the room when someone's getting that fucking tattoo. Getting that tattooed, and I'm sure it was like in a very, it was like probably like right on his bicep or something. You oh, know, so he'd be yeah. like, look at my tattoo, like whatever. Yeah. It was, it, people said that he would often learn, refer to it as his little N word. Oh, no. Yeah, he's a, the biggest piece of shit that's ever lived. Wow. I hate him so much. Um, so, yeah. That's enough about John William King. Now, like I, I'd, I'd like to sidebar and give what I thought were some interesting facts about this prison and some not so satisfying facts about the director of the prison, uh, George Beto. So the Beto unit has a capacity of 3,150 inmates and can hold another 321 in a satellite camp. It has 472 employees, 270 of which are custody staff. It sits on a massive 20,528 acres Oh. In, yeah, this bitch is huge. In 19, April 1978, construction began on the $36 million facility, but not by a state contractor. It Never. was built by the labor through of it was built through the labor of 400 to 500 inmates from a nearby prison, the Coalfield Unit. Beto Prison is named again after George Beto, who some claim was a master of publicity. He was highly criticized for his cruel and unusual punishment of prisoners and the denial of prisoners' access to their attorneys. He even, yeah, th- that's just the tip. He even banned attorney Frances Freeman Jallet, I think is how you say her last name. Um, she was helping plan legal challenges to the Texas Department of Corrections system. She, he banned her from being allowed in the TDC units on two occasions but the court orders forced the TDC to let her in. And then this fucker went on to sue Francis, claiming that she incited uh, revolutionary violence and imperiled the lives of the prisoners. Anyway, he lost that case and he was ordered to pay $10,291 to Francis and the prisoners and another $27,823 in their attorney fees. He faced another lawsuit in 72, claiming that he discriminated against a Buddhist prisoner, Fred Cruz, and uh, said that George placed him in solitary confinement, deprived him of good time credits, and demoted him to a third-class inmate status. And also, he was held incommunicado without visiting privileges. The district court, without holding an evidentiary hearing, held that this was a matter of prison administration within the discretion of prison officials. Which, woof. 
It was then reversed and remanded. Um, And for those of you who don't know what that means, it just means simply that the case was sent back to lower courts um, so they would take additional actions. Anywho, good old boy George resigned from the TDC that same year and died in 91. So go fuck yourself, George. Fuck. Yeah. Wow. That's a sack of shit. Um... Honestly, though, Texans probably were like, hell yeah, brother, yeah. this is how you treat them. Make them regret what they did. They opened a fucking can of chew and a case of Bud Light in honor of this fucker. Oh, they can't drink Bud Light anymore, though. Oh, God, don't even. Don't even. <laughs> <Your> face. <laughs> uh, sometimes I okay. wish we did video because damn. <laughs> so back to the case at hand. So... Supreme piece of shit number two in this story is Lawrence Russell Brewer. Larry, which is what we're going to call him because I'm sure he fucking hates it and we're going to get (laughs) off on this. Um, Larry was from another town called Sulphur Springs, which was about 50 miles east of Dallas and about 200 miles from Jasper. But the two met in the George Beto Maximum Security Prison, and I hope they were made to be someone's little pocket-holding bitch while they were in there. (laughs) (laughs) I really hope so probably (laughs) larry was a bit older than john he was actually 31 in 1998 and had already been in and out of prison for 11 years and our last society shit stain is sean allen barry sean was the same age as john 23 and the pair had been friends since childhood now while the pair remained friends even when john started to go hard sean didn't even seem to be on the same life path he legitimately He had a legitimate job at the movie theater in Casper, and I believe he graduated high school. I'm not going to defend Sean in any way because he's still. (laughs) Yeah. Imagine if you were just like, I'm on this guy's side. I, Sean, Alan Barry, marry me. Um, No, I. (laughs) We're hiring um, a new podcast host. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. It's been fun. This is how you go Um, out. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all, I have a confession to make. (laughs) I'm not defending Sean, but I don't no. think that he was as much of a racist as John and Larry. Um, it didn't seem like he was like actually in the KKK. I didn't see any pictures of him with tattoos either. Not that I saw very mm-hmm. many pictures of him because like most of the pictures are of John. Mm-hmm. But um, it kind of just seemed like he was like going along with what John and Larry wanted to do, um, which we'll get to all the details in a few minutes. But um also, I can't defend him because he didn't do anything to stop it. And, like, yeah. silence and complicitness with racism is just as bad as doing the lynching. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you wanted to, like, not be culpable in any way, he should have actually stopped being friends with John a long time before this happened. Because, like, homegirl, we knew he was a racist. Like, yeah. that was never a question before this. The man has a fucking tattoo the black man being lynched on his arm like oh my god um and at the very very minimum when this whole terrible incident started he could have left and like went and got the police and 100 or help or something like right. he could have not stayed so now there was one source that said shitstain sean had also spent time in that prison but we couldn't confirm it anywhere else so i actually don't know how true that is So now to put them all together in the Megatron of supreme pieces of shit, these (laughs) men all moved in together after the most recent prison stint, which is like, I imagine that house smells disgusting. Oh, God. It's probably got a few roaches. The cans of, (laughs) like, dip spit and cigarette Uh, ashes that are probably sitting around. Oh, my God. They probably, like only drink bud heavy because at this point they didn't have a problem with um anheuser-busch which what do you call it bud heavy what do you call it bud light no so like there's budweiser and then there's bud light we call it bud heavy i've never heard of that because like bud light bud heavy they're different oh oh that's funny (laughs) no i've never heard of that um yeah i think that's just like maybe like a southern thing i don't know Uh so they probably maybe called it but heavy i don't know but it's disgusting i can't absolutely (gasps) smelled gas masks for me please on june 6 1998 the bird family hosted a bridal shower for one of their granddaughters at their house james bird jr came but like any good straight man he stayed on the porch 
watching his granddaughters and our granddaughter and having a few beers while the shower went on. After the shower was over and everyone left the bird home, James went to a friend's party nearby. While there, he continued to drink, which I don't think his AA sponsor would have been very happy about. Uh, but it, nonetheless, it just didn't con- contribute to what happened, what would happen later that night. Yeah, um, it made me kind of like sad when I first read that because I was like, oh, like I know he and they like mentioned that like he loved to drink and stuff, but like mm. also that he was, you know, like his alcoholism kind of like caused his divorce. So I was like, oh, yeah. I have mixed feelings about this, but it's it so didn't sad seem how gripping that disease is. I know, and like I don't want to like justify it, but it didn't seem like he was like an angry drunk or anything. It just seemed yeah. like he just like didn't know when to stop, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Which like either way. It's wreaks havoc on your body. So, yeah. uh, meanwhile, Megatron was driving around in Sean Barry's truck, drinking and trying to pick up chicks. Uh, what chick did you see the pictures of John William King? No. What chick is going to hook up with that man? <laughs> he really? looks so dead behind the eyes. <laughs> oh, I would be like, sir, are you like, <laughs> Is your penis a succubus? Like, even if I thought he was attractive, I'd be like, uh-huh. is your penis a succubus that you're, like, sucking out my soul? Like, oh what my is God. happening? Oh, my God. That's uh, funny He's so gross. Um, <laughs> also, I'm a lot more upset about them drinking and driving, don't drink and drive, kids, than James yeah. Bird Jr. breaking his sobriety. So I don't want to hear it from yeah. anyone. Yeah. Also, if you have anything to say about Texas not being in the South, like we mentioned earlier, I don't want to hear that either. It was never part of the Confederacy. <laughs> I'm not having it today. It's been a long week. God, those aliens really fucked you up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, so suddenly worlds collide. Um, Drunk Megatron happens upon James Bird Jr. walking home from his friend's party uh, because he couldn't get a ride home, which not to blame anyone, but the actual perpetrators. My people always give your friends a ride, even if it's like a little out of the way. Come on. Anyway, um, so this gray pickup truck comes upon James walking home, and Sean offers a ride to his neighbor that he has seen walking around town. One source said that the two men were friends, but I think that they were more probably acquaintances due to living mm-hmm. in a super small town. Um, I don't think they were necessarily friends. That's a big age difference. Not that yeah. I don't have friends that are older than me, but I don't know. Sean didn't seem like a very mature 23-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, so at first, John King protested when Sean offered a ride because his potential passenger was black and John's a racist. Uh, but eventually he changed his mind, realizing that he could take advantage of the situation. Now, good old boy John tells his chauffeur to stop at a convenience store to get some additional alcohol, telling James, who is now sitting in the back of the truck, that they will take him home after. But rather than the look you just gave to that cat. I know. What do you want? Uh, Oh, that was funny. (laughs) It was like the look you give a kid. Like, if you come and bother me one more fucking time. (laughs) She is my child. (laughs) Oh, fuck. But rather than driving the short distance back to Jamber Jr.'s apartment, they drove 10 miles in the opposite direction to a small clearing and asked James to drink with them. After accepting the drink because he thought the men would take him home after, they began their assault. And this is definitely the worst part of the episode. If you don't want to hear the worst things we've ever said on this show, uh, maybe fast forward like five minutes. So the Megatron began beating their victim. Uh, They were using a baseball bat and their fists to savage him, only stopping to get black spray paint that they sprayed on his face and to urinate on him. When they were satisfied with their beating, they chained James Bird Jr. by his ankles to the back of the pickup truck while he laid on his stomach. After they chained him to the back of the truck, John got in the driver's seat and proceeded to drive his victim for over three miles or five kilometers for our international listeners across various terrains. Um, They never confirmed just how fast the truck was going, but it was fast enough by the time that James was found the next day, the skin on his body had been so worn down in places, including the left side of his face and his legs, that the muscle and bone were completely exposed. Um, About halfway through the dragging, James Bird Jr. hit a concrete culvert on the side of the road, which is apparently um, like where the entrance to a drain is um, on the side of a road. The impact into this sharp concrete mass severed the body 
where like a celebratory sash would go around your body, uh, separating his head, neck, shoulder, and right arm from the rest of his body. Uh, this was the blow that actually ended James Byrd Jr.'s life. I, like, I can't stop fidgeting. Like, just, like, anything to take my mind off of that. Yeah. It's... Like, I'm, I'm twirling the fuck out of this car mix like it's a fucking baton. Yeah. I, uh, like, I can already feel, like, my eyes are, like, a little wet. Like, oh. uh yeah it's uh it's the worst thing well, ever let's, let's make it even worse uh, <sighs> yeah. at the end of the three miles the men stopped to pick up the parts of james's body that were still chained to the truck and drove them into town where they were left to be found in the morning some sources say that they left the body on the two on the steps of a black church in town and others say that they left it on the back side on the black side of the cemetery we mentioned earlier either way they were trying to send a message and that much was clear. A few hours later, Jasper County Sheriff Billy Rolls Rolls. I think it's um, Rolls. Okay, was driving to Dallas for a golf tournament when he heard his radio chirping because someone had found James's body. Needless to say, Billy misses golf tournament. He turned right back around and went straight to the place in the woods where the part of his body had been left after being severed on the concrete culvert. With what they saw at the initial crime scene, the officers first thought that this was a hit and run. Uh, they started searching and found tracks that they believed to be tire tracks of the car that had hit this currently unidentified man. But they soon realized that the tracks didn't match any tires. It was actually the tracks from where James Bird Jr.'s body had been dragged behind the truck. Uh, they retraced the tracks back to the clearing where the beating had began. In that area, supreme pieces of shit and now stupidest men of all time, John, Larry, and Sean had left keys, empty beer cans, a lighter with a KKK emblem etched into it, and a wrench that had Barry carved into it. They could tell that this had been the site of a vicious attack because the earth was upturned and disturbed and there were broken beer bottles. I'm sure the asswipes had used the beer bottles uh, when they were beating James. Yeah. It was now clear to the officers at the scene that this was not a hit and run, and they started looking for any witnesses. Eventually, they found the man who had been unable to give James a ride home from the party, and he said that he saw a gray pickup truck drive by with James sitting in the bed of the truck around 2.30 a.m. And here's one of the benefits of a small town. Just based on this man's description of the truck, Sheriff Billy Rolls recognized it as Sean Barry's truck. Within a few hours of this tip, all three men were arrested for the murder of James Bird Jr., as well as a burglary of a restaurant where they stole a bunch of frozen meat. Why can't it be as innocent as, like, stealing desserts from KFC? <laughs> Why can't we just do that and call it a fucking night? Yeah. I know. Why? Oh, my God. So, like, and also, like, can I just say it's amazing to me that not only can anyone be so observant like this guy was, but also to be able to be see so clearly inside of a car at 2.30 a.m. <laughs> My stigmatism could fucking never. Yeah, that's true. I don't, um, I don't want to know what's inside of a car at 2.30 a.m., so <laughs> no. I'm not looking. No um, one should be driving at that time. Go to bed. True. But based on the burglary and everything else uh mm. seems to me like these guys were hell-bent on going back to prison that night <laughs> yes yeah maybe they missed like the gay sex but weren't willing to like just do it on a bed they needed like the dirty prison showers to get Ew. them in the mood <laughs> oh god they're so disgusting i know uh Fucking pocket bitches <laughs> So on Monday, the next day, Sheriff Billy met with an FBI agent in Beaumont to see if they could assist them. It was clear to everyone involved that the feds should be there since it was clearly a racially motivated crime. Um, even though the feds were the leads on the case, Sheriff Billy Rolls continued to assist in the investigation and prosecution of all three men because he was so affected by what he saw that day. Um, the FBI special agent in charge of the case was Don Clark, who was also the head of the um, Houston field office at the time everyone was clearly taking this very seriously which like shouldn't even be a question but obviously right. this is Texas we're talking about yep also soon after their discovery of the body the autopsy was performed by forensic pathologist Dr. Tommy Brown which I love how almost everyone in this case uses their less formal name like <laughs> Sheriff Billy Dr. Tommy <laughs> Larry 
Yeah, Larry. <laughs> Shit stains shine. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, anyway, back to some darkness. So if you fast forwarded already and are back, you might want to do it like two more minutes. Just keep hitting that fucking button. Yeah. Um, basically, the one sentence argument of Dr. Tommy's testimony uh, about the autopsy was that dragging was too mild of a word for what actually happened to James. But honestly, like, no one has a better word. Yeah. And just marinate in that. Like, yeah. that's that's fucked. During the autopsy, it was found that almost every single one of James's front ribs were broken, which is how we know he was dragged laying on his stomach, and his body was covered in, quote, massive brush burn abrasions. They believed that he was uh, conscious until he hit his until he hit the concrete culvert because he had no injuries to his head or skull, which told Dr. Tommy that James had held his head up during the dragging to avoid some damage. This and the pattern of the other injuries led them to believe that he was twisting his body deliberately to try and relieve some of the pain he experienced while being dragged. Fuck. And for the very worst part of the findings, um, as we mentioned earlier, he had bone and muscle exposed, um, including jawbone on the left side of his face. Mm. Um, he was missing toes, which they believe had worn down so far during the dragging that they just oh disappeared. God. Oh my God. And, 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 oh, I don't want to say it. Um, Okay. <laughs> His testicles were missing, and they found gravel in his scrotal sack. Um, I can't believe I just had to say those words out loud. The toes. The toes. I. Oh, my God. Okay, we got to keep going. We can't. Yeah. Okay. If you were fast forwarding, I think you can come back now. I thought that was like (laughs) everything gory. Um, So welcome back. One last thing about the investigation into the Megatron of white supremacy. In case you forgot, at least two of them were members of the KKK. (laughs) They found a copy of the Turner Diaries in their home. Um, Maybe I'll do like a mini-sode on the Turner Diaries one day. uh, But I have to figure out a way to like, and I've been trying to do this for a while, like get a copy without like going on a watch list or like giving (laughs) money to any white supremacist. Yeah. Um... And if you want to talk about, like, a banned book, this is, like, the only book in the history of the world that should be banned. Um, Agreed. If you don't know what the Turner Diaries are, for a small synopsis, it's a novel that was basically the first YouTube propaganda video for the KKK. If you went to a gun show in America in the 70s and 80s and someone thought you might be willing to join the KKK, they would give you their physical copy of the Turner Diaries and see how you responded to the most horribly written book about a future where white people are the minority in America, but a small group of whites rise up and systematically kill every single black person who will not submit to their new white masters via hanging. Oh, God. It's the worst book of all time. And like... I yeah I haven't read it yet because I can't find it without giving money. Um, yeah. but they uh people say that it's like also just like the worst written book ever. Like makes the Divergent books look like fucking uh Charles Dickens books. Like how how, how what publisher even agrees to publish something like this? I like, know. I get a sale as a sale, but come on, have some fucking dignity. Also, like, a sale is a sale. How many people are willing to buy this? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, how many people are willing to be, like, walking to Barnes & Noble in the 70s and be like, sir, mm. I'll take your finest racism. <laughs> yeah. I oh would be God. so embarrassed. But that's the problem is that they're not embarrassed. Right. I'm embarrassed Shh. to walk into, like, Lover's Lane. Right? Yeah, and, like, I can't imagine. That's That should be way less shameful yeah. than purchasing the turner diaries fucking hell so are you having fun with being angry at white men let's watch some more (laughs) so remember our friend george w bush was the governor of texas at the time (sighs) yeah he declined to come to james bird jr's funeral claiming that he had something else to do are you fucking Um. serious he was probably planning 9-11. That's what, no. he was, that's what he was off doing. That's the only thing that I can think of. <laughs> no. <laughs> so. The it wasn't was, an inside uh, job. 
day can't get any worse. Oh, it was him and the Nazis. Oh. <laughs> so the funeral was held at the Bird's family church. It was maxed out at 200 people who were able to sit inside for the service. An additional 600 people were sat outside. This is notice- notably less than Matthew Shepard's funeral, which would occur a few months later in October 1998. Yeah, um, I wonder if, like, black people who wanted to come to that funeral from, like, the surrounding areas were just, like, mm. too scared that the same thing would happen to them if they went. Oh, God. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I gotta say, like, not to make it about me or, like, bring it back <laughs> to the case, <laughs> but, like, I was kind of scared to, like, go to Pride this year. and like, I know. We, we avoided it, and I'm... I, I mean, I, we had fun at the beach, but still, like, it's fucked up. Yeah. Um, I... And that's not... that's Sorry, that's no comparison to what happened here. I'm not trying to, like, minimize this at all, but it's just, like, it's so fucked that we can't even feel safe and especially, like, a time of grief and, like, to be with our own community and yeah. to band together. No, I totally understand what you're saying. And, like, that it's been 25 years and it's still, like, the same fears. Yep. You know, like, yep. we just, like, we haven't made any changes as a country um yeah do you know who canon writer is he's a gay tiktoker sounds like a porn star name (laughs) he kind of looks like a porn star too um but he uh he was living in la at the time he now lives in utah um Uh which is big departure but whatever (laughs) um but he um he made a TikTok about that like a few days before LA Pride that he was like, he was like, I've never been so afraid to go to Pride because like, oh. if somebody wanted to like pick us all off, he's like, we're all there together. Yeah. It's really Literally, easy. All it takes is like another, uh, what was that guy's name that drove through the parade? It literally just takes another one of those guys to Daryl Brooks. Daryl Brooks. It takes, yeah. All it takes is another Daryl Brooks to fucking happen. Or for someone to, like, pretend that they're, like, a part of the parade and, like, come well-equipped with <gasps> yeah. all this shit. Like, they don't check these people that come to the lineups. They don't. No, you're You're right. with a corporation. You, you paid your dues. Enjoy your five-hour walk. True. Ugh. Okay, anyway, back to our funeral. <laughs> um, So, there were some famous attendees of the funeral. They included Reverend Jesse Jackson, hmm. um, activist Al Sharpton, and the NCAA president at the time, and currently one of Maryland's U.S. representatives, and I practiced saying this so many times, so I'm going to try and get it right. Okay. Kiwisi Fume. Oh, that was good. Thank you. I think that's how you say it. Anyway. That's um, not how it would have come out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't believe that they were in, ten- in attendance at the funeral, but it was paid for by... Uh, at the time, an all-time great basketball player, maybe not a great mm-hmm. man, um, <laughs> but at the time, Chicago Bull Dennis Rodman mm. and famous and controversial fight promoter Don King um, donated wow. $100,000 to the Bird family. Which That's is, fucking awesome. Yeah, that is pretty good. In the immediate aftermath of the murder, white people were in denial and tried to say that the media was just trying to make them look bad. Um, honey. <laughs> honey. <laughs> It just is bad. No one is trying anything. Right. Uh, On January 20th, 1999, the town of Jasper finally tore down that fucking wrought iron fence that was segregating the cemetery. Now, just as a reminder, the fence had been erected in 1836. 163 years it was there. That's too long. Yeah. Do you know what we could do in 163 years? Like, we could do so much fucking good. We, like, went to the moon and then created the International Space Station and had people live there for years in less than 163 years. Have you seen how they're coming out and saying that that was all fake, the ISS? Oh, Jesus Christ. Did Stanley Kubrick fucking direct that, too? Ah, That's all I see on TikTok now. It sucked me in. It sucked me in. You love a conspiracy. I love a conspiracy. Oh my god, speaking of conspiracy, instead of that Buddha Buddhism book I bought yesterday, I really they had a really good book at Five Below about conspiracies and it was full and it was thick. Like I would have read that shit in probably two weeks. But mm. it was full of so many conspiracies. <laughs> I'll probably get it tonight. Um 
anyways, the fence was there for too long. And later that year, they named a park in James Bird Jr.'s honor. Around the same time as well, the Bird family founded the Bird Foundation for Racial Healing, which is focused on the education of white people to end racism and providing assistance to minorities facing facing racial injustice. In its initial iteration, they offered a hotline for Texans who needed assistance with discrimination or mistreatment within the Texas justice system and counseling to victims, as well as helping them get more attention on their case which is like incredible fucking work for family who just faced the most horrific thing of all time i know it's like the same with the shepherds like yeah how do people have the strength to do this or like adam walsh's dad like making well i can't wait to cover that case yeah oh my gosh also um i don't think that they put in the in their like official statement that it's like education for white people to end Mm -hmm. racism but white people are the one that needs the education so yes 100%. 100%. That was our edition. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you see that motherfucking Mike Pence came out and said that because his two white privileged kids graduated college, that racism no longer exists? Oh, is that all it took? That's all it took. <laughs> Little did you fucking know. What the, what, what are we out here fighting for? Where Wasting did they go our to goddamn col- time. Where did they go to college? Indiana? Fucking Trump University, probably. <laughs> True. Although Pence <laughs> doesn't love Trump anymore. Ugh, Trump tried know. to sacrifice him on I'm sure they still January send nudes 6th. To each other. Probably. Fucking. Ugh. Ugh. Um, I'm, I'm surprised that Pence hasn't tried to jump on the Romney train. I'm but, surprised too. Yeah. God, why can't they all just be like Romney? Like, I don't agree with his politics, but I don't hate yeah, him as a person. I know. I know. Did you know that JFK or um, uh, Jackie Kennedy's suit we will never live to see it because her daughter signed signed it over to someone but in the paperwork said that it can't be released to the public for a hundred years no yeah so long after we're gone like they'll be able to see fucking jackie kennedy's pink suit well hold on i'm not that old when was this signed over we'll be dead um 2103 is the year oh 21 how do you say that 2103? I, yeah, I guess 2103. Yeah, we'll be dead. I would say 2103. It's like 1947, right? Like Yeah, true. 2103. Which, come on, Caroline. Why'd you have to go and pull that stunt? That's not fair. Yeah, what does that benefit anybody? Exactly. Like, it's held in the National Archives, but it can't... It's stored there, but we just can't go fucking see it. Give it to the Smithsonian or something. Oh, God. Yeah, it's not Ugh. like we're gonna, like, suddenly, like let everybody touch it right well maybe I mean, she was onto something and maybe she knew like people like this fucking kim k in Marilyn monroe dress maybe she tried to avoid something like that i'm giving her probably too much credit but <laughs> maybe that's what she was thinking of okay um so let's talk about legal stuff yay <laughs> not as much on this trial as i normally have but what we do know is that john william king was tried first and in a shocking turn of events sean allen berry testified for the prosecution at his wow. trial. Wow. I know. Um, they also had a man named John Mosley testify about all the racist tattoos that John had gotten in prison. And I don't think that John Mosley himself was a racist. I just think mm. he was like a tattoo artist and like probably the only one within a thousand miles willing to testify against the mm. fucking KKK basically <laughs> yeah. in prison and like out them and be oh, like, God. that's a racist tattoo. That's a racist yeah. tattoo. <laughs> Can you imagine? I'd be so scared. No, no. On February 25th, 1999, the jury only took two and a half hours to deliberate and find John William King guilty of capital murder, which carries a mandatory sentencing of death in the state of Texas. What? Two and a half hours to say that man definitely deserves to die. (laughs) That's how big of a piece of shit he is. Yeah. Good. Good. Um, it was said in many articles that he never showed an ounce of remorse for what he had done. And as he was being escorted out of the courtroom after they announced his sentence, Supreme Piece of Shit shouted racial slurs and expletives at the Bird family. Real class act. Good job, John. Fucked. Get fucking wrecked. Yes. I really wish it only took them like two and a half minutes during deliberation <laughs> and they walked in sighed lit a cigarette looked at each other and said you thinking what i'm thinking they <laughs> nodded knocked on the door to be let out and that was it one like, day 
somebody will give us like a um a movie contract we'll be like the first uh-huh. um podcasters to get like a fictional movie and we'll do uh-huh. it about this case and that'll well that'll be like the fictionalized part of it I love you can be idea. one of the jurors and just like walk Please. in and be like, you can be the one to walk in and be like you thinking what i'm thinking <laughs> filing my nails yes <laughs> you know what i Vaping, would love to do is like it's... a yeah <laughs> I would love to do like a drug history kind of thing. I think that would be so much fun. Yes, uh, I know Georgia was on drunk history. Yeah. I'm so jealous. Um, yeah, I loved drunk history. Like the first like season of it was literally the most like revolutionary thing of all time it because so it was good. like nothing like that had ever happened before. Right. Um, okay. So nonetheless, um, I'm still satisfied with their decision and how long it took them. Yes. Uh, Larry's trial was second in September 1999, where he was also found guilty of capital murder and sentenced to death. And last but not least, we have shit stained Sean's basically mini trial because he had struck a plea deal with the DA when he agreed to testify against his friends. One thing about Sean's testimony, though, is that he testified that he wasn't in the truck as they were dragging James's body, which I don't know how true that is. Yeah. I don't really give it. I give it zero out of ten stars. <laughs> He also testified that James's throat was slashed before the dragging began, but the autopsy disputed that. I think he said that to try and make it not as bad uh, for the family because they kept saying how they hoped he was unconscious for the torture so that he didn't have to feel it. But obviously the autopsy also disputed that. Science, yeah. you guys. Science. science Comes back to science bitch. and the Nazis. That's it. <laughs> Always. Only two things. <laughs> And Britney Spears. And Britney Spears, yes. (laughs) We haven't talked about her yet today. We haven't. Oh, her book. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. But I saw her. If someone gets me that for my wedding, that's going to be the best wedding gifts. Okay, noted. (laughs) Anyway, Sean was sentenced in November of 1999 to life in prison. The first time he's eligible for, for parole will be in 2038, which is 40 years without parole. He will be 63 and hopefully shits himself every single fucking day. (laughs) (laughs) That's my wish. (laughs) Sean and shit. Uh, There's been a lot of togetherness in this. (laughs) Shit stain Sean. Yeah. Uh, After the trials, the Bird family worked to get hate crime bill passed in Texas. But guess what? George W. Bush... (laughs) fucking opposed it his official statement on the matter was that quote all crimes are hate crimes don't even does that sound familiar to anyone (laughs) because it's the same fucking argument as all lives matter there are truly just not enough keys for me to fucking rage type (laughs) when i read that for the first time Usually my line is when people say shit like that, I'm like, bitch, are you serious? (laughs) It just wasn't enough this time. I I couldn't. I can't. I still can't. It's been fucking 23 years and I still can't. Fuck you. But as we all know, Bush became president and the man that took his place was Rick Perry. And on May 11, 2001, Rick Perry signed the James Byrd Jr. Hate Crimes Act in Texas. Yay. This act, quote, increased penalties for crimes motivated by a person's race, color, disability, religion, national origin, or ancestry, age, gender, or sexual preference. And then in 2009, as we know from our episodes on Matthew Shepard, which listen to those next if you haven't already, or fuck it, just go ahead and listen to them again. (laughs) Yes. You know? Um, But as we know, President Obama signed the Shepard Bird Act into federal law. When he officially signed it, James's sisters Betty Boatner and Luvon Harris were standing on one side of President Obama while Dennis and Judy Shepard were standing on the other. So back to our two supreme pieces of shit for the last time. Lawrence Russell <laughs> Brewer, or Larry as we like to call him, yeah. was executed on September 21st, 2011 at Huntsville Prison by lethal injection. And this was the first time in Texas history that a white person had been executed for the murder of a black person. God. Fucking unbelievable. Mm. 
I, I can't wrap my head around that. 2011. We yeah. were about to graduate from high school. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, John William King's appeals took a little bit longer and he was not executed until April of 2019, but in the same prison. A few of the Bird sisters went to both ex- executions. They said that they made a promise to their mother, Stella, when she died at the age of 85 in 2010, that they would see through the justice for their brother and for her son. I mean, I'm glad they were able to do that, but fuck. Yeah. Fuck that poor mom. Poor, yeah. All of them. But even though the sisters were good with killing John and Larry, James's son, Ross, was not. He is actually like a full-on death penalty activist working against it. But I mm. don't think anyone could have stopped the execution of those men. And even though I'm also against the death penalty, this is the one time I'm kind of okay with it. Like, Same. I like it. It feels yep. right. I actually kind of wish that they got their dosages wrong. And like, just when it felt like they were going to die, they came back and said, whoa. That was close. <laughs> and then I wish like the, the Undertaker too, like creeps out from a dark corner and bitch slaps them so hard that they die instantly, but not before feeling everything that James felt like running through their veins. Oh my God. That would be like the greatest dystopian novel ever. That of like, <laughs> you just gave me a great idea. I'm going to write this book now of like, okay. If you commit a crime against, like a uh-huh. violent crime against somebody, you have to like suffer that same amount of pain. But like, yeah. it's just through like a a injection like this, like mm-hmm. like divergent, how they like put you into the little yeah, thing. Yeah. Why have I been talking about divergent so much today? Um, <laughs> but yeah, and it's just like that amount of pain. I love that. Injected I expect into some you. royalties. Okay. As for James's youngest daughter, Jamie, she was only 16 at the time of the murder. It affected her so deeply that today she's a Houston police officer. And October 13th, 2021, she wrote a book called Triumph Over Tragedy, a story of forgiveness and healing by the daughter of James Bird Jr. Her name is now Jamie Bird Grant, if you would like to go find her book. Um, and I recommend it. Yeah, um, I that like... A story of forgiveness and healing. How do you forgive that? How do you go on and form a foundation and like do the work that you're doing? But how do you like basically force yourself to relive it in writing a book? Yeah. I can't. I could not imagine. And, and I'm sure like you have to do the press tours and all that shit. It's yeah. So crazy. Not a chance. Yeah. All right. We're nearing the end. Um, the Bird Foundation for Racial Healing is still active today and run by LeVon Harris. In 2018, the 20th for the 20th anniversary of his death, a bench was dedicated to James Bird Jr. next to the county courthouse, and on the back of the bench it reads, "Be the change you want to be in the world." Mm-hmm. Um, in 2019, though, they had to move the bench to a less prominent location because of people trying to deface it. God damn it. Similarly, they had to put a wrought iron fence just around James's grave because people couldn't stop fucking with it. Literally, fuck everyone. Yeah, I can't get a life. Get a fucking hobby that's not defacing the graves of innocent people just because you're a racist fuck. God damn it. Oh, the motto of the foundation is stop the hate, educate, which I love. Love mm-hmm. that. Today, their work looks a little different. They mostly distribute literature on racial intolerance in schools and provide scholarships for minority students. They also have an oral history project that has more than 2,600 personal stories about racism. Luvan says that they have a difficult time with fundraising today because she believes that Americans believe there is no racism anymore. <clears throat> Mike Pence. But we know our listeners are smarter than that. So we're going to leave the link into to the foundation in the show notes as well as on Instagram so that you can get involved or donate or just learn more. Whatever you want. No judgment. Just please be good people. Yeah. Uh, the population of Jasper declined after James Bird Jr.'s murder, which going from 8,000 to less is pretty big change, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, people saw it as a hateful town with a bad reputation. In the late 2010s, though, they were finally able to get some tech companies to come settle there, and it stopped being known just for James's murder. Um, but mm-hmm. people don't want to talk about it much. They say it's not really taught in schools, and black people are required to teach their own kids about it, so it's not forgotten. And even sometimes when people are outside of Jasper, if they meet people from the area, they'll say that they're from Beaumont, which as a reminder is the town next door, mm-hmm. just so that those people don't bring up James's murder. I feel um, like that doesn't help. Like, that's not enough. Like, I would say I'm, like, from Dallas or some shit. Like, right. 
it's still close enough. Yeah, at least like the next county. Yeah, totally. We only found two other episodes or two other podcasts that have done episodes on this case. Um, I know it is fucking horrifying and I cried so hard <laughs> while I was doing the research and again while I was doing the writing and I held it together today, but I did tear up a little bit while we were recording this. But it is such an incredibly impactful and important story that absolutely needs to be told. And yeah. I hope that we did it a little bit of justice. I think we did. Um, yeah. To wrap things up, 2023 was the 25th anniversary of James's murder and the town of Jasper only now has their second black mayor in history. This year, they made June 7th James Burr Jr. Day. And if James were alive today, he would be 74 years old. Mm. Holy shit, we did it. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, I feel like I need to go to Massage Envy and get a full body treatment after all of that. Mm, that sounds good. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, we did it. So. That was that was very, very hard. Um, it was very hard, but I'm I'm glad we did it. I um, I am too. I I can't believe I never knew about that case before. Like Same. before we did the research on uh Maddie Shepard, I'd never even heard his name. Neither have I. No. Yeah. And to be fair, like I never even heard of the James or the Shepard Bird Act either too. But that could have been what I don't know. Yeah. Which uh sneak peek, um, our next episode will be all about the Shepherd Bird Act. Um yes. so we're gonna do another law case, um, like we did for Kaylee Anthony. Mm-hmm. Um oh, and God. it's been that long, it's been a while. I know, yeah. Wow. Um we've been doing some I mean, I guess we like talked about some legal stuff in other episodes like all the pride episodes obviously there were a lot of re- yeah. re- legal ramifications but um yeah we haven't done a, one of these extra bonus episodes so um give that a listen when it comes out soon and um answer our poll on spotify if you listen yes. on spotify yeah and you guys remember to follow us on social media if you're not already we're on instagram at your next pod um we're also on threads i don't know if we it looks like we get like assigned a random generation of numbers but in any case if you're an avid user of threads now that's also linked in our instagram bio and i think that's it i can't believe we're already like mid-july basically it's fucking bananas i know um yeah rate review subscribe anything else uh no i think that's it all right um beware you're next (laughs) bye guys bye